0: Welcome to Unscripted Gaming. My name as as, is. Wow, I haven't done the intro in a while, so I'm rusty. My name is Josh, joined with my illustrious co-host, Ray.
1: Hello, hello.
0: Mike is on assignment out in the world right now, so he will not be joining us. So this is Jay, a Ray and Josh pod only today.
1: On assignment.
0: <laughs> Ray, 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 do you hear that? Ray, Ray.
1: Is this ready? You hear this? Is this a bit? Oh, here we go. What? What is it?
0: Time for Josh's. Time for Josh's. Time for Josh. Time for Josh. Time for Josh's. Josh's Tech Minute. (laughs) There is a lot of tech news. A lot of things have happened and popped off in the last few days. We want to get together and talk about. So, we have a couple other things we will be discussing. But, this episode going to be a lot of tech talk uh, graphics cards bitcoin ethereum mining uh, just v-, v virtual reality in the gaming space hardware so yeah there's a, there's a lot of tech news to start off but Ray, Ray, I know you had a couple topics you wanted to hit on first so what, what 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 are we what are we feeling like diving into first here today No no you already <laughs> played the song Do your stupid thing <laughs> Well, we are recording today on the 20th of September, so uh, we are recording on the day that the Ada Lovelace 40-series GPUs were finally announced. Um, the the leaky ship that is NVIDIA, there was a lot of information already known about these cards, um, but we finally got the official designation from them today. Um, I won't get into too many of the, the tech specs because uh, they're, they're faster, they're bigger. They are on a 4 nanometer TSMC process, and they are very, very power-hungry cards. Um, You know, the big thing I want to talk about in in the new 40 series cards is the thing that, you know, besides the numbers of flops and ray tracing and whatnot has gone up, uh, the prices have also gone up, shockingly enough, um, which surprises me a little bit with the, the crypto crash, but we'll get to that. So the 4090, uh, which will be available here on oh. October 12th.
1: Oh, will we get to the crypto crash? Um,
0: we'll rec- the 4090 will require an 850-watt power supply. Woo! And it will set you back a cool
1: $1,600. Can we stop right there for just a second? <laughs> Can we please just stop right there? Sit... <laughs> That that is the MSRP. That's what Nvidia says. When you're a manufacturer and you get this card, that's what you're allowed to sell it for. They will, of course, sell it for way higher than that. Um, sixteen hundred dollars for a graphics card? That can let's let's not blame this on inflation. My man, that's. That's three PS5s. Three yep. European PS5s. Yep. Because the price of those just went up. Yes, they did. Oh, gosh. Um, that's not okay. Well, what are you using it for? Like, I, I feel like the old man now, where now I'm saying, like, what could you possibly do with $1,600 for the graphics card? Is it even worth $1,600?
0: I mean, honestly, no. And you know there there is a small niche i think of you know the the prosumer or the small engineering small render farm where they don't need some of nvidia's like really industrial focused computational graphics cards where they just i need a lot of raw compute and i need a lot of memory bandwidth and that card makes sense um but they're not really marketing it toward that crowd. They're marketing it toward gamers, and there, there are there are just no games that I feel would really truly take advantage of a card of that power. It just it it is wholly unnecessary in the gaming space. Not to say that it won't you know buying this card won't future proof you, but I would imagine the person who's buying a third, you know forty ninety you know is, is going to get that that it you know upgrade bug a lot sooner than they might need to but your your typical consumer just does not even your advanced consumer does not need a card of that power of that cost
1: yeah that, that i think that's like my biggest like stopgap hurdle like without even knowing all of the specs it, they just drop the price at you and it's like for what? That is the cost of. That is the MSRP, and that is the cost of a gaming PC you can get right now just for the GPU. Like, if you don't believe me, go to like any other PC builder site, like CLX, iBuyPower, what have you, and build a gaming PC for like $1,600, and it'll be really good for most people's needs. I mean, you could buy a, you could you could put together a brand new computer
0: for under a thousand dollars that will still kick the snot out of most of the consoles. Maybe not necessarily in like ray tracing performance, but everything else, and will be good for quite some time. Like, you could almost buy two full fat gaming computers for the price of that one graphics card.
1: We're gonna fight. Because I don't think, <laughs> I don't think you could buy a gaming PC that will be as powerful as say a PlayStation 5 for under $1000. Mm,
0: I would say that you could now it depends on what kind of features and bells
1: and whistles you're putting on it and it again, has to be at least as powerful as a PlayStation 5 for your what your sentence to make sense.
0: I think I think right now in twenty twenty two where we are at in the the market you could do it for under a thousand dollars.
1: Really? I would love to see what sort of build you're coming up with. I mean I I I just
0: I just put together a a a computer part list for a friend of ours and Uh this was including a monitor and a keyboard and went a little ham on you know terabyte of storage and whatnot on an M.2 didn't need to go that robust but the final price tag on that was a thousand bucks and I believe the graphics card on that is a 6650 XT it's got a 3600 six uh six core processor on it like it's a robust machine it will do pretty well and it will outperform most I would say both of the the xbox series x and the ps5 or at least go toe-to-toe with it in terms of graphics output And honestly if i'd put the budget of the keyboard and the mouse which was like 200 bucks to the graphics card and bumped it up to a 6700 xt or even you know maybe a 6800 xt
1: absolutely would blow them out of the water i want you to know that you do know the ps5 does support ray tracing right Yes, I do. I do. I'm aware that it supports ray tracing. Okay. It the, the card,
0: yeah, the card you just mentioned, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't. It do, it does support ray tracing. It doesn't support ray tracing well, but none of the <laughs> the none of the six thousand series AMD cards do well because it is the first generation. But to be fair, the ray tracing engine in the PS5 is AMD as well. Now it's a you know custom one that was developed in conjunction with Sony, but it is still. AMD, you know, inside that AMD ray tracing
1: course inside that machine, so. And I'm not trying to do it like a whole, like, PC gaming is better than console or console gaming is better than PC. I just think that if you're looking to, like, get into video gaming and you got $600, in my personal opinion, and I guess that's what we're talking about here, you'd be way better off just, just buy the PS5 and go go ham. Not only is it a really good HD Blu-ray player, uh, every it's game that you're going. Co- if you have, if you have a 4K TV, go go for broke. I don't know. I, I don't use it often. There are there gonna...
0: are ten people on this entire planet that need an HD Blu-ray oh player.
1: Oh 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 my gosh! Oh my gosh. Um, that said, if you want to watch like Blu-rays at 4K. Or if you want to go ahead and play, put, pick up a disc from a game store or download it, and you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is going to work when I turn it on. Yeah, it's fine. See, I would almost also, I would
0: almost disagree though because if you're like kind of getting started, again. we're we're getting off topic here, but you know, getting a getting a reasonably priced PC, you know, with a good processor and a mid-range. GPU that you can upgrade in a few years with things like Game Pass, things like Steam and really cheap and affordable games even beyond what you could get at a GameStop. I almost still think that a PC is better, but that's either here or there. The 4090, the 4090 again, 1600 Yes, left. yes, sorry.
1: Well, I got us way off the topic. <laughs>
0: October 12th, so it's coming up here soon. Um, 850 watt power supply now the 3090 when it was released MSRP'd for 1500 bucks not a huge jump year over year still ridiculous and I get it you know we're trying to get that bag and we'll kind of get into some shady shit that Nvidia does anyway but the 4080 will be available in November and there will be two variants available at launch there will be a 12 gigabyte version and a 16 gigabyte version um Those will MSRP for $899 and $1199 respectively, requiring a 700 and a 750 watt power supply for those two cards. Okay. So, 900 bucks, 1200 bucks for the 4080, depending on which memory you go with, and the MSRP of the 3080 at launch was $699. So we've gone up 200 bucks for the baseline and yeah. another 200 bucks on top of that to get the other variant if you need that uh, additional memory. I'm going to be that person
1: where I just bring up now like, hey, I'm still rocking my 2080, and I'm running any game I want at 1440p if my monitor supports it, which it does, at 60 frames per second. Sell me. Why? Why? <laughs> Mr. Invi- I know you're not Mr. Nvidia. No. You're like Mr. Anti Nvidia and Anti Intel. That said, why would I want to buy these cards? So,
0: I think that the A the numbers are bigger and just they have more they have more compute <laughs> Damn units. It. You know the the
1: <laughs> the numbers are bigger. The numbers
0: are bigger. The actual features, um, I do think that they they got into some of the technical details about. Ada Lovelace, the architecture, and some of the things that are brought with it. Um, Some of the most compelling aspects of it, and I think these will also be more compelling for some of the lower-range cards, Uh, but they're also features that are going to be specific to the 40 series. They're not coming down. So DLSS 3.0, which is their their, uh, upscaling technology where your graphics card renders... um, image at a lower quality, but upscales it using AI, you know, enhancement to bring it to whatever your resolution of your monitor is, to give you better frame rates and and whatnot. Very great technology, keeps getting better, and that is exclusively going to be available on the 40 series cards. So, you know, especially if you're thinking, okay, if I get a 4060 or a 4070 and I want a game in 4K but, and I want to do it at ultra high resolution. Well, maybe, you know, it gives you the ability to go a little above, uh, punch above your weight class for your graphics card what it's capable of. Um, they also noted that um, there is just the, the recording capability. I think it was 8K 60 FPS that the, the cards are able to encode in and the encoding engine was a lot faster. And I think there's some AV1 encoding that is actually built into the silicon itself so there you know there are features that are built onto the chip that make it more robust you know especially for content creators for people who like to stream for people who people like to record or people who are wanting to get the absolute most out of uh, their monitor their card without having to necessarily push it fully so there are features beyond that that your 2080 doesn't have necessarily. The ray tracing cores on this, I want to say they said they doubled or tripled the amount on the card so that they can just get better with it. So there are increases that for a certain consumer make sense, but for the mass, just the value—the value the value proposition just doesn't necessarily seem like it's quite there. I mean, you know. The 1080, yeah. when it released, was 5.99. You know, they're they're just slowly creeping up. S-
1: slowly, um, sir, we're, we're we're we've gone off the cliff. <laughs> like it's it's done. Um, it was kind of done last time when they said 1,500 for a GPU. Please and thank you very much. And you know, you have people who know dang well they will not be taking advantage of that power, like, waiting in line to buy this card. Um, there's, uh, unless you're doing it for, like, as you said, content creation. Like, specifically, you need that much power for whatever sort of workload thing that you got. Sure, I get it. But, yeah, I completely agree with you. The vast majority of people that want this card is, like, you're... You bought a sports car to get back and forth to work yeah. is what you're doing. And I,
0: you know, I, part of that I think is just the way that NVIDIA started the branding of the 90 series in taking out the Titan from the the product stack and saying, you know, the Titan used to be that, that prosumer or that ultra enthusiast that's like, hey, this thing is ridiculous, you probably don't need it, but like, you got a fucking Titan. But now they've kind of made it so like, the 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 90 card is just that next step up oh if you want to be with the you know the best it's this is what this is for like the the 3090 was never really a gaming focused graphics card but it was marketed that way um you know it wasn't particularly faster than the 3080 like it was faster but you know the big thing was that it had basically double the memory of the 3080 which is more for that content creation side than it is necessarily for the gaming side you know I think if I remember and I need to go back and look at some of those early benchmarks but like the 3090 didn't benchmark that much higher than the 3080 realistically in games because the main the main issue was the or the main benefit was the extra memory and not not necessarily like oh it's you know 50% more compute for that extra $600.00
1: yeah, for the extra six hundred dollars, what game are you playing that looks that much better? Sorry, eight extra eight hundred dollars, my bad. Excuse. Ex- oh, I'm. Excuse me. I'm sorry for eight hundred. Gee, my goodness, for eight hundred more dollars, does your Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven look? Does Night City look that much better? No, no, it doesn't. Or if it looks that much better, your eyes or your monitor probably isn't supporting hey, that. Hey, hey, with the forty ninety
0: cyberpunk mm-hmm. might actually look good
1: just <laughs> wow you're, you're, you're gonna do this huh yeah we wait there. question have you played cyberpunk no i haven't oh uh, it, it, it's pretty all right <laughs> wow what a rousing recommendation uh okay so i this is gaming related i'll give you back the tech minute here in a second i played it on release so maybe my opinion is a little jaded it's a good game if it wasn't one of the buggier Busted major games I've ever played. <laughs> yeah, oh, gosh. Like, crafting just didn't work in that game on release. Like, it there it was broken in ways I couldn't describe. And also, if you crafted a sniper rifle, there was a permanent bug where you couldn't attach a scope to it. Uh, make of that what you will and... and That was a constant bug that they knew about. I think they didn't fix it until the game had been out for like a year. Like, imagine that. No, that speaks to the level of bugs in the game. You pick crafting as one of your class things... You make your own sniper rifle, and it will not let you attach a scope to it because that's a known bug, a shippable bug. They put the game out the door and said, yep, we'll get to that in a patch one day.
0: But we got bigger fires to deal with, send it. (laughs) To be fair, they did,
1: because oh boy, did that game crash a lot. Nothing takes you out of the game when it constantly crashes uh, because the objective didn't load, but it's a good looking game. It's a pretty game.
0: Wow. Again. Whew. I. I don't know if I can. Uh, do you handle the anticipation that you've now built inside of me for that?
1: Don't play the console versions. <clears throat> just don't. No. Just. Eh, n- n- no. Well,
0: seeing as I have a uh, a base level PS4, I know that that is
1: definitely not. Oh.
0: <laughs> definitely not the place
1: to go. E- even. Uh, CD Projekt Red themselves have said they they just stopped updating that console, that specific, like, base-level PS4, uh, Xbox, what? X? Xbox what, what One. Was? Xbox One. Yeah, they just stopped updating those versions. They're so, like, you guys got what you got. We're done.
0: Yeah, I need to... I, I, I feel like I remember somebody talk And I'll need to look this up after. I feel like I remember somebody talking about, like, some clash-action lawsuits about those... Um, those versions because they were so god awful. I might be making that up, but um...
1: No, there, there was class action lawsuits brought uh, to CD Projekt Red by their investors for, um, them constantly saying, yeah, the game, the game absolutely works on all versions that we support.
0: Works is a very broad term.
1: Yeah, works is doing a lot of heavy lifting <laughs> when you use that word out loud. <laughs> It's like legally works. Is functional. You put you put the disc into the console. You hit the power button, and it turns on. Job's a gooden. Um, if you ever want, and this is me being slightly salty, then we're going back to the tech minute. If you ever want more proof that you can pay your way through Sony and Microsoft certification process, look no further than the release version of. PS4, Xbox One, Cyberpunk 2077. How- How? As someone that has gone through the certification process, HOW DARE you all! <laughs> the audacity. The sheer shit and temerity to <laughs> let that go onto the disc. <laughs> Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm gonna stop. Josh, it's back to you. Back to me. Uh, <laughs> um,
0: so... Now, a few days before we had today's launch of the 40 series, we had a little little drama spinning up in the, the tech world. Um, EVGA, longtime partner, um, once a former designer and builder of the reference boards for NVIDIA, announced that it was ending its relationship with NVIDIA and would not be... Producing any 40 series graphics cards at all, and that they would be selling through their existing stock and allocation of the 30 series cards, which they expect to be done by the end of the year, and holding on to a small portion um, of those cards to honor any RMA requests or warranties, you know, things that happen. But yes, the the longest serving and largest partner of NVIDIA stated. Lack of respect, not financial reasons, that they are ending their relationship with Nvidia, and um, definitely set the tech world ablaze there with uh, speculation and conversations and whatnot. And they also went about in a very odd way. So they brought out Gamers Nexus, Jay's Two Cents, and another YouTuber to their U.S. office uh, for a one-on-one meeting with the CEO and some, you know, one other high exec to pitch the story go over all the details get interviewed and whatnot uh and a lot of the staff at EVGA did not find out about this decision until Jay's Two Cents Gamers Nexus and the other YouTube channel posted their news about it like it was internal um you know kept from folks and was released in that fashion so um a very unique way that that story also broke uh but yeah so you know, there's, there's been a lot of discussion as to why this is and, you know, talking about how candid EVGA was about their financials while, you know, the NVIDIA partnership le- created a large portion of their revenue, their profits were, you know... Graphics cards for most of the add in board partners are loss leaders. They do not make any money um, or they make very little money. I think they said that the... The power supplies that EVGA sold were 300 percent more profit margin than were on the graphics cards. Um, You know, and and a a lot of stories have been coming out about how shitty Nvidia is to work with. Oh, and, and it's been something that has been talked about a lot over the last few years. But I think in the last handful of years since NVIDIA has come out with the Founders Edition card and gotten away from the reference board um, has really started to put the crunch on their partners
1: uh, so I saw this earlier and it was kind of hilarious because they mentioned something like saying I, I think the one of the heads or the director or the CEO of EVGA said something along the lines of We are sick and tired of sitting on the CEO's uh, lap. And he was talking about the CEO of NVIDIA. I'm like, oh, this got spicy. This got like unprofessional spicy. All right.
0: Well, I mean, you know, they cited and and other folks have talked about this. Like NVIDIA, while somehow incredibly leaky, would not tell their board partners anything about the pricing or the extreme allocations in advance like sometimes the board partners are finding out what the msrp of the the founders edition card is as well as the price of the actual silicon that they're putting on their boards until the launch event like today at you know noon o'clock when Jensen Juan was out there saying, hey, the 4090 is going to be 1600 bucks." Most of the AIB partners were also learning that it would be 1600 bucks, and, you know, they were also learning that, hey, the, the silicon, whatever that uh, chip is, is going to cost X number of dollars. Like, they're not learning until we learn what the price is and what the allocation is going to be and, and all that information. They will also hold drivers and things like that. Like, I think EVGA had a big issue um, at the launch of the 4090 where there was a driver bug with some game where it was causing a, uh, a, a voltage leak and a memory leak where it would actually blow some caps on the graphics card, and they weren't able to test that driver out sufficiently enough with their board before they had to send it, and, you know, that caused a lot of RMA issues and... Um, you know folks saying like oh these these 39 a bug." no it's just a graphics driver issue that is causing this and you know it just it sounds like Nvidia is god-awful to work with
1: I mean they're this the top of the they're the top of the mountain so it's either them or uh, AMD or no one else yep like that's it yep and they you know they did.
0: Um, I was listening to a couple other uh, folks talking about this and, you know, at the same time that EVGA is saying, hey, we're done with our relationship, they're also saying, but we are not going to begin another relationship with AMD or Intel to produce, you know, Radeon graphics cards or Intel Art graphics cards, and some people are saying they're hedging their bets of, you know, NVIDIA does not forget and nor do they forgive, but if for whatever reason, EVGA decides someday to try and go crawling back to NVIDIA. They are much more likely to have a working relationship with them again. If they don't go try and create, uh, you know, somebody else's, uh, cards. So they're just saying, we're going to get out of it entirely. And, you know, moving forward. Cause I think it was XFX had, in the past broken their relationship with NVIDIA started making AMD cards tried to go back to NVIDIA and it has not made an NVIDIA graphics card ever since
1: because Jensen does not forgive nor does he forget so here's a funny thought is EVGA going to start making their own cards that's a really dumb question the answer is no the, 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 just no um I mean, even fa-
0: yeah, EVGA is is big, but they're they are not they are not a fab, they're not a foundry, they are not you know they are not creating graphics architecture. I mean, look at how much struggle Intel has had making a graphics card, and they are one of the largest silicon producers in the world. They know how to make processors, but they are struggling in the graphics realm. Like, it's very complex. That, that shit ain't gonna happen
1: that yeah it's it's difficult people can assume that money can just buy you something like a good product the reality is no it takes a lot of effort skill talent and you when you take something as creative as making sand uh, shooting electricity through sand and making it think um, that's actually really difficult to do it's not easy (laughs) it takes a lot of work but I love the sauciness of it I'm here for it um if this is if this kneecaps Nvidia a little bit I, I don't know that's okay I say this as someone that likes Nvidia cards, but maybe they do need a kneecap maybe we should need more than like two giant card manufacturers uh, GPU manufacturers out in the entire world I don't know I mean yeah maybe there's some off brands in China and whatnot but Sure, maybe. I don't know.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think that's part of the reason why I am such a cheerleader for, um, you know, the Radeon graphics and for Intel. It's like, you know, AMD doing better in the graphics division, along with the processing division, you know, makes the others in the industry do better. Like, Intel has pushed itself because AMD has started competing and eating its lunch on the, the CPU side. You know, if, if AMD is getting closer to NVIDIA on the graphic side, if Intel comes in and is able to put together a competitive product in the next few cycles, like, that makes NVIDIA have to do better. And, you know, that's just something where, unfortunately, the cost of development in these realms is so astronomically high that it's, it's hard for somebody to enter that space. But the people who are there or the companies who might be able to enter because of the nature of their business, you know, it it only does good for the industry to have that sort of competition and, um, you know, I am sure the other AIB partners will eat up EVGA's allocation very quickly, um, possibly to their own detriment because uh, NVIDIA will not treat them any better than they treated EVGA, but... I would also not be surprised if Nvidia started in the next, you know, few generations, really dwindling down the number of partners they have. Because at the end of the day, the Founders Edition cards make them more money because they they do they are doing the work themselves. And you know, why pay somebody else to put your product out? You know, they have such they have tightened the reins on that market and that product so much already, I think it's only a matter of time before they really start to just say, you know what, maybe we don't need all these partners, you know the the variations between cards have gotten less, they control what you can put on the box art um, I just I don't know, I would be surprised if we don't see, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next decade we only saw NVIDIA Cards out there on on the shelves.
1: Do you think uh, just Nvidia cards, no AMD cards? No, no, no. Or like, it, just, it's not, you're just saying you're like, like
0: you, when you go to buy an Nvidia card, you are buying the Nvidia card. You're not buying a gotcha. Strix. You're not buying an ROG. You're not buying a you know whoever a Power Color or whoever. You are just going and you are buying the Nvidia whatever graphics card. You know that is the name on the box nobody else's.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that that's that's likely going to happen. And I
0: I hope I'm wrong because I think that you know that that just makes them less likely to change, but I think that is likely what what the outcome is
1: it, you know moving yeah, forward. They probably want more control over their product, which is fine. Um it does kill a lot of very interesting businesses and well a lot of interesting businesses and a a lot of jobs call it what it is so you know wouldn't be looking forward to that but if that's what it takes to kind of get some of their product control under control yeah sure go for it. it OEM cards are not bad I think I have an OEM card inside my box so, not the worst, but it's it's weird if we went back to that, right? Th- that That's a time frame that some people listening to this don't even know existed. Uh, you, you have to go back to the scrolls to remember a time <laughs> where you could buy an OEM card at a physical Tiger Direct store. Oh my gosh, do those even still exist? I hope they do. I
0: don't believe that they
1: do. No, don't tell me that. <laughs> um, all right. I didn't hear it. <laughs>
0: One one last graphics card related tech story that happened over the last week before we get to your tech story, Ray, because you have a tech story too, sir. Right, I got
1: the Um of them.
0: But the the Ethereum merge happened this week, I believe it was on Wednesday. Oh man, I'm here for
1: this one. Let let us effing go. Yeah.
0: So Ethereum, the most popular coin used by miners in in. The last few years here uh has been talking about going from proof of work to proof of stake for a long time which essentially um you know when decisions and transactions are made it was usually done by you know people doing the actual mining now it is people with a certain stake in Ethereum coin as it is, and I think they merged some of the smaller coins together, but uh, I think it's right now the, the stake that you have to have to be part of that decision pool and whatnot is around 60000 US dollars worth of Ethereum. Um, but that happened on Wednesday. Now, the benefits of that is it simplifies the um, processing that goes into Ethereum transactions and whatnot and greatly reduces the energy cost. Um, basically, it made ethereum 99 percent more efficient energy efficient or reduce global energy output by i think 0.2 percent or something like that like something absolutely ridiculous um you know in terms of how much it was using it now has been reduced because of that but with that comes the basically the end of at-home and small-factor mining operations because of that new framework. So, um, you know, overnight, it became unprofitable for 99% of Ethereum miners to mine that. And while there are lots of other coins out there that can be mined, those are also so invaluable, especially right now with the way that the, the crypto market and markets in general have gone that, uh, you know... At-home mining, small-scale mining has become unprofitable. But, other upside to that, eBay is now being flooded with a Mm dearth of very affordable used graphics cards. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Ray, I'm I'm sure you have some thoughts on this.
1: Yeah. uh, Did you watch the Ethereum uh, 2.0 wrap? I did not watch the Ethereum 2.0 rap. Oh, you, you didn't want to subject yourself to the weapons-grade cringe that was the rap?
0: No, I I had to watch a white lady from Wisconsin uh, rap about her Senate campaign. So
1: I was, I, d- I did watch. I that. was I sent
0: that to you. I bro. had, I had my fill of bad white people rapping. So I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself <laughs> to watch it.
1: It's bad. <laughs> it's like. The creator of Ethereum gets up there and he's dropping bars and by dropping bars I mean he's talking to a microphone with a little bit of a pitch tone it's about as bad as you think except he has backup dancers and everyone is you know not trained in the art of dancing and so because they're crypto bros go ham and judge them as much as you want it's okay it's fine Uh, let's talk about how much crypto has um, Okay, they didn't do this out of the kindness out of their hearts. I, I want to be clear. Uh, crypto's not in a good place right now. Uh, it is... I think at its peak last year. Yeah, November of 2021. Bitcoin, the number one... Uh, if you're going to get into like high-end crypto, everyone wants a piece of that Bitcoin action. Uh, was trading for uh, $67,000. Um, Josh, what is it right now? Do You know, um, earlier today it was around nineteen. Uh, I don't. Go, I don't know where it, it is, it is right now today? at time of recording. Okay, I, I want to check at time of recording. Just open up ye old Robin Hood app. Uh, 18. thousand 18, eight, eight, nine hundred and twenty-nine dollars now. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a piece of currency that somehow loses, what is that? Is that like, in this case, it it was like well over $40,000 in value over the course of eight months. Many people would say, hmm, that doesn't seem stable. Um, A lot of things happened over the past year for crypto, uh, including uh, for Ethereum. People have been bringing up, rightfully so, the energy drain that crypto has had into the world. Uh, crypto was at a certain point, I think, what coin was it? Was it Doge or was it Ethereum? One of them was using more energy per day than, like, Amsterdam used in a month. Like, the entire country of Amsterdam. I think, I think that was a mix of, of
0: um, Bitcoin and Ethereum, but... Um... I mean that's part of the reason why the the Ethereum merge happened and the proof of work yeah. to proof of stake switch happened because it is so much less energy intensive to go to proof of stake. Like when when you're potentially lose even if it's even if it's point zero two of the entire energy output of the world, like the fact that a financial transaction platform was taking that much energy across the entire globe is is yeah. irresponsible and it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it, it's a bit... Um, especially when we're having like... For, for Not to get too negative or too sad but you know it is what it is. Uh, we're going through kind of a climate crisis right now. and So uh, using up a ton of electricity in hopes of getting a little bit more money is not a good look. And... Uh, going on to say the Twitter, thebirdapp.com, Twitter.com, and saying you are a crypto bro is a great way to just get bullied until you delete your account. Because everyone's kind of sick of it, especially if you say I'm a crypto pro and I'm into NFTs. Delete your shit, fam. <laughs> <laughs> you you've opened the floodgates for everyone just dunking on you. What happened to the NFT market? It crashed. That's the yep. answer to that yep. immediately. It's it it's beyond crashed. It's now a joke that anyone still uses it anymore. Everyone that had their profile pic changed to like an NFT thing. Those have gone down. Ethereum itself went down. I think it went down. What was it? 400 points when they announced the change, Josh? Some like in that realm, yeah. Yeah, it was trading for like a 1700, was it? And then it went down to like 1300 when they said, we're changing it. Then they did the wrap and everyone started pulling out. They're like, all right, we're, we're done. Um, also, because yep. people can't mine the, it that well. The, also, the... countries are making it illegal to mine. Real quick. Yep. Russia. Uh, for all of their faults which are mountainous (laughs) Um, they banned uh, they banned what was it mining crypto in Russia and China went draconian with it Uh, China found crypto farms and they just started like literally taking steamrollers all over graphics cards and PC units so that people can't use those uh, specific graphics cards for mining ever again and um, so, when you have two major nations saying you can't mine here, and obviously it's Russia and China, two large—I'm um, going to use air quotes here—superpowers. Uh, excuse me, as an American, uh, I can't. I, I believe there's only one superpower, so <laughs> we the big one around here. In, in, in defense,
0: very loose defense of crypto. <laughs> Obviously, Russia has some concerns with conserving energy right now, given their um, assholery in the world. Mountainous,
1: sir. Yes. Mountainous.
0: And in China, like, you have two things to play. One, you have a lot of people who are getting very wealthy without very much input from the Chinese Communist Party. But also, a lot of those crypto farms were built in areas where energy was dirt cheap near hydroelectric dams near places where the energy output was high and the cost was low but there has been a historic drought in China in the last year and the output of those dams and some of those production facilities has gone down precipitously so if you need to save energy and you have an iron grip on your populace the first thing you go to is the people who are making money without your consent or influence and say you know what y'all can't do this anymore so it's not necessarily you are cor- it's not the you pure are altruism of like oh hey you guys are just using too much energy and it's hurting the world like no there are there are some ulterior motives there but i also
1: see what you're saying as well no you you are correct and you are correct to point out that the people that are in conclaves that uh re- they they're the resistance against the um uh, the the People's uh, Party in China, uh, the Communist Party, uh, the communists, I'm going to use air quotes there. The, the, they're, they're authoritarian. Call it what it is. Um, those people, the way they trade money for funds, they use Bitcoin and they use crypto. So that is something worth pointing out because the yuan is much easier to trace and you know, yeah. find those people. Yeah, okay. That That's reasonable. Yeah, they're... Um, they're...
0: I see the allure and the benefit of a decentralized currency that is not, you know, necessarily controlled by one government or one individual or one regime. Like, Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. I see that. I, I understand that. But in practice it just doesn't quite work that way and no. you know there there is still a measure of responsibility um, in saying that like you, one bitcoin transaction can power 100,000 visa transactions like you know it's just there there is a there is a certain point where you say hey we need to figure out a way as a community to Figure, do the objectives we want to accomplish while also being good stewards of the planet. And semi-related, I don't know if you saw this, but the Biden administration here in the United States has also started to launch some investigations and information into, a I saw that. talking about responsible crypto usage and also developing, you know, a U.S. dollar-backed coin that can be used for online digital transactions and things like that. So everybody's getting into it. And I do think that, unfortunately, the, the power and engineering ability of nation states will also allow for hopefully more responsible coins, but also they will probably be more tra- traceable than a Bitcoin transaction, which is still kind of traceable.
1: Yeah, when the government makes a completely centralized coin, it's like, what are you doing? I'm just gonna use the dollar. (laughs) We have money, money is good. It's like that uh, one YouTuber. Here is stick, stick is good. Why did you cut up stick and put a chain in there and make nunchucks? That is bad stick. Why I have money? (laughs) Money is good. Why did you use a ton of energy to just say I have digital money? What happens if someone takes it? Well, currently, um, I don't know what's gonna happen with any like U.S. backed one, but uh, currently, if you if you, let's say Josh's wallet gets stolen, his crypto wallet. That's it. It's gone. That's the end of it. If someone robs your bank. You are insured for if it's a bank two hundred fifty thousand dollars or if it's a credit union four hundred thousand dollars so don't keep that much in the bank or if you do have to keep more start talking about insurance and whatnot so on and so forth there, there are options we have cryptocurrency is just speed running why we have federal regulations for money <laughs> Uh, as fast as possible and a lot of people unfortunately for the past two years have been finding out the hard way why those exist and don't get me wrong some of it is the schadenfreude I love breathing in
0: (laughs) some of it's good
1: Uh, especially when it's NFT related, then it's like, oh, I can't wait until they rug pull this person. Yeah. And then they always, they always do.
0: As, as somebody who helped fund this computer through the, the output of this lovely graphics card right here, who has some number of, of dollars worth of crypto buying power in an account from, you know, again, the output of this graphic card, who has put basically no money into actual, crypto like you know I, I'm here for the ride like my crypto portfolio has halved in the last year but again at the end of the day I bought a $600 central processing unit because of coin that I mined, and I still had money that has gone down in value but like if I want to use it I can if I don't I can maybe watch it keep going down or something happens and <laughs> something changes and it goes back up again and I have more money and I go you know hey and am buying it like I get benefit from it, but I'm not like out anything that my portfolio has lost a tremendous amount of value in the last few months. Like I am very casual in this field and again, see the benefits, see the problems, and I'm just I'm just along for the ride right now.
1: I think along for the ride is probably the most responsible way to take it, but there have been people, unfortunately. Yes that have like oh yeah our entire children's you, know, you have like four or five three children our children's college savings fund what if i just dump that into crypto and it's like all right so yeah. we're gonna go to our relationship and watch yep. what happens there or something like that
0: yep the only the only money that i have invested in crypto was through Robinhood into doge in the early wonky days I made a considerable amount of money, and I pulled it all out. Everything else that has been like through my my wallet and whatnot has been all mined transactions and things like that. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and I, I kept a close eye on the energy costs. Like, you know, I I I buy my energy from a third-party reseller who um, uses like wind energy and some stuff that's in the area. Like, they go uh-huh. they go around my traditional local power company so you know keeping the transact you know keeping an eye on hey what is my daily profit versus what my energy cost is you know keeping that in in line and
1: saying hey if it gets wonky it the miner has fallen silent What? What if? Hear me out. And some crypto people were trying to do this. They were like saying, "All right, we bought one, one wind turbine, and we're gonna power all of these miners with this big bad boy, and they like pat it." (laughs) And it's like, I get what you're doing, but why did you spend that much money to just buy a wind turbine to make more money? Shouldn't you imagine if that wind turbine was used to power something, you know, fruitful? Not your wallet. That that That's where the end goal of all that comes down to. It's all about making money. You're not contributing anything else. I'm not saying you specifically. I'm saying the idea but of it see, all. But see, Ray,
0: if I make money, and then I go and spend that money in my local community where I would not have <laughs> before, then I am being a more
1: productive citizen in society, you know? You gotta... And also that money can, like nothing says that money goes is going to be perpetual or stable this is we're watching um this is my last point we're watching the flash in the pan start to dry up i really do feel we're starting to see people are realizing what's actually proving that this thing that i have electronically stored somewhere is worth something and really it's everyone else just kind of saying it's worth something that's it And once everyone starts saying, "Well, what if I don't think it's worth something?" That's where it's like, "No, that's fud," and uh, that's where (laughs) stuff Uh, starts—fear, uncertainty, and doubt. For those, yeah.
0: Well, and I also think this is this is where some of the early crypto folks were like, "Well, all money is made up, all value is made up, the stock market is made up." And yes, to an extent, that is true. The dollar is worth a dollar because we say it's worth a dollar. A share of Google is worth, you know, $2,000 because they say it's worth $2,000. But the U.S. dollar also has this little thing called the United States Armed Forces backing the fact that it is, you know, a, a note of a legal tender used for debts public and private. Like,
1: you know, they're why, why is that dollar worth a dollar? Bitch, because I said it's worth a dollar!
0: <laughs> because the F-22 Raptor... Said it's
1: worth a dollar, like, (laughs) (laughs) you know. (laughs) <laughs> cause cuz cause the uss Gerald ford says it's worth a dollar. Yeah, that there's a lot of things you could definitely say were like it's hey w- i mean our our economy is proving labor, that labor says uh this piece of currency is worth x amount because our labor is going to continue to produce yeah. that amount. There's there as you were mentioning uh, go go ahead. No, there's ahead.
0: there there's a reason why more stable regimes and governments have more stable currencies. There's a reason why then yeah. when there is turmoil or political upset or changing of X, Y, and Z and nations that the the currency there, the value of that currency fluctuates. Like yes, money the whole concept of money it's it's all made up, but the the established currencies also have the backing of large organizations that stake other things in those values that bitcoin and ethereum and all the other cryptocurrencies just don't have it's not to say that they can't find some legitimacy or that they don't have a place but you know bitcoin is never gonna replace the dollar like you know and and it's just not As, as much
1: as they really really want to actually you know the inventor of bitcoin um they all they all know that this is um something that's volatile because the the couple of people that invented bitcoin um the moment they were able to cash out a little bit of it they did and they bought ferraris and the reason why is because ferraris tend to retain their value when it comes to like vehicles and whatnot and it's a mode of transportation and that's typically a very smart thing to do when you get into like high level investing you don't just have that money just sitting there you put it into something that's worth value whether it's in stocks or or whether it is in some sort of building, like, realty or something like that. Here we are. Unscripted finance. Uh, <laughs> settle down. Uh, grab a coffee. We're going to talk for a little bit. No, no. that I have nothing else to say about it. I did want to get to a completely different tech story, though, if you don't mind.
0: Yeah, I think I think we will focus on all the tech, and we'll get into some more video game relating stuff in, in the next episode, because we're... Uh... The, t- the tech minute has been many minutes, but yes, this is definitely one The that- tech
1: minute has been the tech hour. Yes, it has been the tech hour, but <laughs> I- You've done it! You finally did it! I- <laughs> Whole fucking episode, baby! Let's go!
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, All right. then I'll be quick. Um, PSVR 2 was announced. I can't believe it. Sony still gives a damn. Um, this is uh, why I find this funny. Why- why- <clears throat> one- Um, I have been calling VR uh, laughable for um, years, and that's also biased because I'm in the subgroup of people where certain video games make me, and I can't stress this enough, violently ill (laughs) uh, if I put on the VR headset. I was about
0: to say, Ray, I'm pretty sure we've been doing this since, like, 2016, 2017, like, very early, like you know Oculus days when uh 2014 at least Palmer, when Palmer Luckey was still at Oculus and Oculus was an independent company with its dev kit only and you were like I give VR like 2 2 minutes 2 minutes and it's going to be done so Ray are you are you ready to at least eat a, a small slice of humble pie right now in the year of our lord 2022 with Sony getting
1: ready to launch PSVR 2 Here's my issue before I eat any humble pie. (laughs) No, no. Serious question. Uh, It's a question I already know the answer to. I want to see if you know the answer to it. What is the last PSVR game released?
0: I don't know. I don't have PSVR, nor um,
1: do I know. Okay, that's no problem. It was Star Wars Squadrons back in 2020. They have all but oh oh and it gets better um no i'm not getting into the specs of psvr 2 it's going to be the playstation 5 version so josh as you're saying like hey they're still supporting it so it's still relevant it's like are they because psvr 2 is not backwards compatible with psvr games and there weren't even a lot of psvr games so you'll have to start your collection all over again which there i I think is for the
0: benefit of PSVR. You think so? I think if they had made PSVR 2 backwards compatible, it would make it a worse product. Because. Really? Yes. Because, I mean, let's be honest. The PSVR was old technology. Like, very old technology. Like, using the PS Move controllers and lights to track very low resolution in the headset and, and odd aspect ratios. I think making a clean break with the PSVR and think hey, this is a great product if you want to if you have PSVR games keep your PSVR, play it there. PSVR 2 is something new. It is unique to the PS5. It is a unique platform, it has technology that is incompatible with the way that games used to be because we have inside-out tracking, we have much higher resolution and fidelity that anything that is from the PSVR1, from the PS4 area, is just not going to be able to run. I think saying, no, this is new technology and we need to make a clean break to make this the best product that we can and the best experience that we can, it, it, i get it if you invest in that platform and you want it to carry over that is frustrating but i think it is a better move to advance the technology and what it is capable of doing and the experiences that they can do with that
1: platform now here's where i will eat a little bit of humble pie if you want me to have a slice i would i would love to you to have a slice uh, Oculus, is, specifically Oculus, is more popular than I thought it would be. But gaming, VR gaming, is pretty much right where I thought it would be. In that, I'll get, I'll, I'll be super anecdotal with you for just a moment, if you don't mind. Absolutely. No one we know does VR gaming. No one. And we have pretty large friend groups. Yep. Um, not just the friends that me and you mutually share. I mean. Nobody I know, uh, except for like two students I teach in class, do any sort of regular uh, VR gaming. And I don't know if that counts, because that's not they're not my friends. They're students. So, and the reason why most of them don't do it is not because they might not have a headset. Some of them I know do. They just say, oh, it's off in the corner and collects dust. It's like a Wii U to them. Like a really expensive Wii U. Well, there's a lot of setup there's not a ton of games that actually come out for oculus and most people that do use oculus nowadays they're kind of using it for like vr chat or something like that Which doesn't necessarily a game it's kind of like a glorified chat room it's like the roblox of vr or what have you yeah Ro- roblox is a bunch of games or whatnot but whatever but the, i don't i don't think it. that's necessarily a bad you know
0: it, it is still a A product in its infancy and and finding its its niche and it is in development but I think that you know if it was just a flash like if it was a flash in the pan if it was something that was going to go away it would have already done so the fact that
1: if I may the biggest reason Oculus is still around is because Facebook owns it well Meta Meta now owns it Without them buying that, I'm not convinced it would still be around. I... And Meta loses money in their VR division. They they trash fire money because they have the money to, in there to, to do that.
0: But Meta is still a public company, and if there was not a compelling belief that they could turn that into a viable product category in X number of years with certain number of return then the board, Mark Zuckerberg, and the investors would punt that ship so hard, you wouldn't even know what... Like, they would not give a shit about any um, unfulfilled product uh, warranty. They they would would get rid of it. They would ax it. They would say,
1: no, it's done. It's funny you say that, because Meta, which owns Facebook, WhatsApp oculus what have instagram. you instagram <clears throat> yeah instagram thank you um they did uh they do do things and their board will sometimes say well we'll see how it works and approve disapprove like yeah their board sometimes greenlights really dumb decisions for instance remember when uh, meta platform announced the metaverse and remember oh, oh,
0: oh man that video of Mark Zuckerberg's avatar in the metaverse
1: a few weeks ago
0: oh buddy that was awful and hilarious
1: and remember in one single day they their uh, stock portfolio lost 33% in value in one day as a matter of fact I just went to their site my boy it is 60% down year over year so what I'm saying is, <laughs> is maybe they don't all make the correct decisions at the time and they actually started... This is actually going towards uh, other VR while we're talking about PSVR. Um, they actually raised the price of Oculus because they were tired of eating the cost of Oculus. It's gone from $300, I think it was, for the Quest uh, to now $400 for the Quest 2. And that's not something you do with the technology you want people to actually adopt. You just raise the price of it.
0: Well, in it. I, yep, I do ahead.
1: think that there were some like... and.
0: and, and I might be talking about my ass here, but I think there were some technological go ahead. No, I think there were some fine. technological improvements of like improved wireless functionality and, and some things that would make the cost of that go up. Um, and I was actually listening to um, uh, Brad and Will make a tech pod with Brad Shoemaker and um, mm-hmm. Will Smith talking about the cost of VR headsets and, you know, some people talking about the, the PSVR 2 um, not being wireless and the the fact that the difference between the PSVR 2 being wireless and wired would be like it launching at $400 like it was going to or at $800. Like, you know, there is a significant mm-hmm. cost increase to making products like that wireless yeah. and, and more mobile because you're adding antennas, you're adding um, batteries, you're adding a lot of connectivity and and shoring up the development to say, okay, you know, there may be breaks in the radio communication that we have to account for, be, you know, that you don't necessarily have to do when you have, um, you know, a wired connection. So, it is a significant increase and I do believe the Quest of the Quest Two. There were some of those kinds of things that would slightly justify a a increased price. A little tease for our next episode when we kind of talk more about gaming. I recently experienced like a um, full-body sort of VR uh, gaming experience at Sandbox VR, and I have some thoughts on it. So, uh, oh yeah, if you'd like to hear my thoughts on
1: it. you know where you can hear him no no wait there's one more important game story before we cut out one big one we can't exit tonight without talking about grand theft auto 6 i'm sorry oh yes yes absolutely uh so yeah the, the source code and 90 different videos of grand theft auto 6 were just leaked out into the world they're just out there now um, we aren't gonna post any of those videos. One, I believe by the professional courtesy, and two, more importantly, Rockstar will just bust this channel down, <laughs> and that's already happened once. Thank you, Nintendo, <clears throat> <Bastards>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But seriously, uh, someone found the Slack channel for Rockstar. Got as much development videos and files as they could, and they just leaked gigabytes worth of data out there and the gaming populace has a uh, game developers are like oh wow that really 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 beyond the pill sucks uh, because that could delay a game that could start raising trust issues that raises security concerns in your office like uh, how secure is the channels that we use to talk because this hacker just got in here and they took our everything Um, and there are marketing reasons why you don't want that stuff leaked, and this is why. Uh, video gamers in general, um, some of the less astute ones are saying, Well, this stuff doesn't look done. How come the rock this game looks like trash? And it's because it's in development! That's what a game looks like in development! Congratulations! Now you've seen how the sausage is made! It's not pretty! Uh, but eventually they turned that very ugly ball of dough into a pizza It just takes years to do it, but a lot of people uh, there are some hot takes I want to share with you Josh. Well nuclear hot takes. I, I wanted to give you um one person saying uh, This game is almost a year out. Just look at it uh, The reason why I know is because when you make games you do the graphics first Um
0: no, no, no. First off, Honey Boo Boo, this game is at least two years out. Second, maybe uh, three yeah, or four. Second,
1: <laughs> no, just no. Uh, some people are calling this game woke because one of the two main characters is a Latina. Um,. Remember when you could just have a female in a video game and people didn't call you an SJW for it? Like So are we just going to call Grand Theft Auto San Andreas
0: woke because it has a black man antagonist like uh, protagonist and, uh, like Honestly
1: at this point they uh, they would have uh, done that. Jesus the same Christ. the same group of people would have definitely would have called San Andreas woke because it had a black person in it. I I'm convinced of that. Uh, there are other people saying that, uh, that they're concerned or confused how the game could look like this when it only has a year left to go. And no one has told them Grand, uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 is coming out as a year. They're just assuming that based on some of the footage. Some people are saying, well, this game looks uh, worse than like the last Grand Theft Auto that came out. The texture packs aren't there. The lighting isn't done. The character models clearly aren't done. Some people are saying, this is clearly done. It's mocap. That's not mocap. That's just a basic character anim set. Oh, you don't know what that is? Good. That just means you don't know how to make a game, which is fine because... I'm about to lose my mind, sir. It's It's been a hectic uh, couple of days... Uh, On the gaming Twitter sphere looking at uh, people just losing their minds. And uh, to quote someone I I follow, um, the Act Man on Twitter, who has some good takes. Sometimes they're just really dog shit takes. Uh, He (laughs) says for for the next uh, two years, uh, Grand Theft Auto YouTube videos and (laughs) hot takes are going to be the worst possible because they've gotten gigs of data to just pour over and just ugh, ugh. I feel sorry for everyone at Rockstar that this happened to. I do. Yep. Um, as of the time of this recording, supposedly uh, the Take-Two Interactive has sent their lawyer team, their legal team out. The FBI is involved. Well, because I, I do believe the yep. person
0: that perpetrated this hack is also responsible for like an Uber hack that happened just yeah. like a week ago. Like you know, it's a, it's a pretty sophisticated, not sophisticated, because they're using a lot of social engineering, which, you know, the, the problems in and of itself of, you know, what we need to just get to a place where we are zero trust on anything and whatnot, but that also yeah. sucks. But yeah, it's it's pretty robust in terms of the response of people getting involved in this because the outfit that conducted the hack is
1: pretty aggressive yeah and uh if they get caught or uh, let me correct myself when they get caught because uh they should leave the country if possible um i wouldn't want to tango with multi-billion dollar companies that sent the federal officers after me Uh, head to canada or mexico whatever try not to get extradited try not to get bodied um when they get caught Uh, they're going to get sued because they stole IP that is IP theft Um, it might seem all fun and games for maybe some of the younger viewers or audience listeners Uh, no it's an extremely serious crime and if you do IP theft and redistribution especially for something under development that's also trade secret laws that you've just violated and that carries it's own set of punishments that would come with that so I I'm uh, I i do not envy this person. Um, they probably did it for you know shits and giggles. Uh, it's probably not funny anymore. Yep. now. And, uh, <laughs> you know, playing
0: playing the devil's advocate just a little bit. Like I do understand in some capacity. Like it has been a long time since we've gotten any updates on anything of a new Grand Theft Auto, uh, you know, game. Like Grand Theft Auto Five has been with us for. 37 years at this point, and it is printing money <laughs> fist, like, I get it. People are antsy for the new thing, and there's a rabid fan base that wants Rockstar to put out the next game, but like, this is not the way to go about it, and I will say, I think there, the response has sucked in some aspects, but I do think that there are other parts of the gaming industry and, and gaming fans who are like, this is not the way... We wanted to learn about this. This is not the state we wanted to see it in. Like, it is one thing to be disappointed by things that are put in, you know, people get pissed off about things that are in trailers and pre-release footage that don't end up in the product, but...
1: Oh, uh, oh, 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 yes.
0: Oh, yes, they do. You're you're well aware. Oh, yes.
1: (laughs) Uh,
0: but, But... Danny Dwyer, who runs Noclip, actually put out an interesting poll about, like, you know, would you be interested in seeing a documentary of, you know, your favorite childhood game um, and seeing what it looked like in, in different stages of development. And honestly, I do think that a, a gaming studio putting out some sort of, you know, compilation video and, and hey, this is develop and I, I know there are trade secrets and there are there are reasons why this doesn't happen but also is general education of how the sausage is made of like hey day one to launch day this is the iteration these are the steps this is what it looked like through the various stages of the process and this is you know yes it's it's impossible to quantify, but still quantifying like, hey, when we hit this point, we were 25% done. When we had, you know, this, we were 50%. Just to try and almost in some capacities educate the gaming audience about how the development cycle works, because I do think one thing you see in the takes that you were talking about is just how little some people understand what goes into making a game, what the stages are, what the steps are, how long it takes, what the iteration process is, the prototyping, the, um, you know, the finish and polish and and just how that, that goes through. I, I do think that there is something, um, to be said for a, a greater education of the gaming audience of how this happens because i think it is so much less straightforward than a production of a movie, a production of a television show, a production of a, a cartoon that informing and teaching the fan base is is a
1: would be a positive step. Ah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It takes away a little bit of the uh <clears throat> magic of game development but i think the more people have an understanding of how that works and also each game is made very differently yeah. like we, we both play undertale that had a the guy used game maker who uses game maker for anything honestly the, yeah. the engine that he used yeah. um but yeah i think that would be fun and educational and uh uh, yeah, the, I think we do need to move on in the gaming industry and start showing the audience, like, at when, once the game is made, here's, a, like, a little documentary video showing how it was kind of made along the way. Enjoy that! It's, like, an hour long or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, as
0: film, especially film, like, film uses that so well as part of their pre-marketing and you know, they're even, uh, post-launch, like, continue to build the hype strategy of, like, hey, this is what the actors went through, this is the production cycle, this is our animators, you know, animating the, the scenes and how we envision them and storyboarded it, like, I, I, it almost surprises me that gaming doesn't do something similar to that in the build-up of a launch and, you know, those initial post-launches to try and keep those properties in the media attention and in and, and people's you know YouTube suggestions as they watch videos of it. Like I mean for God, like I you know I use Top Gun Maverick as an example like leading up to Top Gun and in the months after there were just constant videos about like the training the cgi the lack of cgi you know what they went through how they did val kilmer's voice and whatnot how they you know towed the line of figure you know playing to nostalgia but also bringing this into the modern world like there was so much content around that that continued to build the hype for something that was already well hyped because it was just a good film but like that content both produced directly by the studio and the publisher and stuff that was created by media outlets after the fact, I just feel like that is something that could again, benefit gaming, keep things in the mind's eye, but also give people a better understanding of like what actually goes into the development of these these titles, these $60 experiences that we you know pour our hearts and souls into as gamers but also as the people who make them
1: nope you're right I I would love to see that because I love watching that sort yeah. of stuff and I love reading about it and typically that stuff is only really accessible at like GDC the game developers conference and it's not even like a full thing it's just a good like post mortem type of thing so yeah I, 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 more of that yep absolutely I, I can agree with that yeah all right josh Watch go ahead and close us out yeah well
0: uh, thank you for listening to josh's tech hour uh, it was the tech <laughs> it, hour it, yeah there's there's been a lot happening we will get back to some more uh gaming news and like i said i will give you the uh rundown of my like in-person full body VR experience here soon and if you want to catch that out you can get us at unscriptedgaming.com that is where you can find links to all of our uh, video on demand and our audio podcasts as well as all other shows like postscripted and creed got robbed you can get us on Facebook at unscript game podcast follow us on twitter at unscript underscore gaming uh, all video and audio versions of our podcast are on youtube soundcloud stitcher pocketcast apple podcast google play everywhere you are thank you for listening to unscripted gaming my name is josh oh well
1: my name is ray peace